We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is a top five recruiting class in the 2024 cycle back on the table for Oregon? We're taking a look at that question on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we live in. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and recruiting. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. So, it is Tuesday, October 17th, October 17th, 2023, uh, coming to you guys on the podcasting platforms and on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Make sure to like, comment, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find the Ducks Dish podcast. And you can always throw a question my way for future episodes of Mailbag Podcasts in the comments. Always love interacting with you guys over there. Man, it has been an eventful uh, past week or so for the Ducks on the recruiting trail. In Monday's episode, I gave you guys my thoughts on Aiden Breland's commitment to Oregon. Big, big time five-star defensive lineman from Santa Ana, California, modern day. He is the newest Duck for Dan Lanning and company in the 2024 recruiting class. And basically, along the with his commitment, we have a number of other developments that I'm going to be getting into in this episode of the podcast. But I think that his commitment kind of serves as a little bit of a reset for me when I'm looking at Oregon's 2024 recruiting class, what they have in store already, what's in the fold and committed, and what they're still going after, what they can still ultimately do in this 2024 recruiting class, because it's a really special group right now. They're at number 10 nationally, according to the 247 sports rankings, so I kind of want to get into a little bit more about Breland's commitment and kind of what I think it means in regard to the big picture and then a number of other big-time targets that the Ducks are still looking to add here, still could likely add in the 2024 recruiting class. We're just under two months away now, or just about exactly two months away from the early signing period, which before you know it, the 2024 recruiting cycle is more or less going to be over, right? Because... The way that the recruiting calendar has evolved over the past couple of years, I think it's something like 70, 75% of the top recruits in the country 
are committed, signed, sealed, and delivered. By the time the early signing period comes around, they'll wrap up their senior seasons in high school. They'll go off to their respective All-Star Bowls, whether you're talking Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii, Adidas All-American Bowl in San Antonio, Under Armour All-American Bowl in Orlando, Florida. You go to those games, and then from there, you typically enroll at your school of choice. So recruiting moves incredibly fast. And uh, now that I'm back on the pod, after a, a little little trip, uh, a lot of stuff has happened, and it looks like it's going to be a very busy time in the near future for Oregon on the recruiting trail. So let's get into a little bit of film. I'm going to throw on some Aiden Breland highlights. It didn't really – something happened in yesterday's video where the highlights were kind of frozen, so hopefully it's working a little bit better today. But I want to talk about Aiden Breland because obviously he's a huge commitment for the Ducks, but I really didn't think during my time covering Aiden Breland, I never really thought or got the feel that Oregon was the far and away clear-cut leader. And maybe they weren't until just a couple of weeks ago. We all know he took that last visit to Georgia. It was an unofficial visit. And kind of from there, it looked like it wasn't very promising for Oregon, but Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, Tony Tuioti, the rest of that coaching staff, they never stopped. They never stopped chugging away. And now Dan Lanning has finally, it feels like, even though it's only been not even two full seasons since he's been at Oregon, he's finally beat out Georgia for one of the best players in the entire country, which is a huge achievement for where he's at right now, um, even as one of the youngest head coaches in college football, but also just as a as one of the elite recruiters in college football. Up there with, with, with I mean, I wouldn't say up there, but at least in the conversation with Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Ryan Day, Dabo Swinney, all those kind of guys. Dan Lanning is cementing himself, if he wasn't already, as an elite recruiter with this statement win for Aiden Breland, getting him in the fold. So really kind of what I'm getting at is I, I wasn't expecting Oregon to get Aiden Breland. That's kind of the, the basis point that I'm operating off of here. I never thought it was impossible, which is why I never made a prediction one way or the other. Um, and then, you know, a couple of days before the the announcement came, my sources were telling me that it looks like Aiden's a done deal. So now that he's committed, I, I think we kind of have to reset a little bit where this class can ultimately go because you're, you're number 10 nationally right now. And I think that that's a great spot to be in, but admittedly you can go even higher. Okay. Now I'm looking at their number nine overall, according to two, four, seven sports. So that's the updated rankings. Um, but now we have to look at Breland and kind of couple what hit, what kind of momentum the ducks can generate and build off of with his commitment now, because spots are getting tight in the 2024 recruiting class for Oregon. They currently have 23 verbal commitments, according to 247 Sports. And even though spots are getting tight, I think it's also good for you as a staff because it allows you to really hone in your focus on some of these top guys that you're looking to add in the 2024 class, some of those guys that are still on the board. So you can – it makes it a little bit easier to juggle game planning, playing football week to week in what is going to be a super difficult part of their schedule now as they look to bounce back from that Washington loss. You – it's not that you ever want to put recruiting on the back burner, but to a degree, I think when you're in the season, you don't want to have to give it more attention than it really needs. If that kind of makes sense. We know recruiting is important. It's the lifeblood of any program, but it's a different kind of balance that you have to strike during the season. So 
with Freeland in the fold, a couple of other guys are still on board and are still on the board, I should say, and that Oregon wants to add in the 2024 recruiting class. And you get a commitment from a five-star guy like Breland, your headliner from a talent-rich area, Southern California, that's the West Coast hotbed for talent. You beat out the defending two-time national champions and probably one of the best developers of defensive talent in the country in Kirby Smart in Georgia. That's a statement. I mean, I, you can just rattle off the reasons about why this is a huge commitment for Oregon, and it's a five-star defensive lineman. Oregon's got five-star offensive lineman before. Look at Josh Connerly. But aside from Kayvon Thibodeau, it really kind of feels like that is one of the next steps. You need to keep evolving and leveling up your trench talent on the defensive line. Brandon Dorless has been a beast for Oregon, but he wasn't even that highly rated of a recruit. I want to say he might have been a three-star, even though he was coming out of the state of Florida. Um, he was a three-star on 247 Sports was a three-star on the 247 Sports Composite. So he's a special example, and I think that's a tremendous testament to the Oregon staff, what they've been able to do across multiple staffs to develop his game. But I think you're you're obviously raising your floor um, and your ceiling, but more specifically your floor when you can start with a five-star guy because they're just ideally right further along. So that was a lot. But let's get into one of the first guys I want to talk about that Oregon is still going after here in the 2024 class, and that is 2024 Orem, Utah tight end slash wide receiver. But we're going to talk about him as a tight end, Roger Saliapaga. It might be Pega, but I think it's Paga. Um, I'll have to verify that. But Roger Saliapaga is one of Oregon's top remaining offensive targets here in the 2024 recruiting class. He is currently working from a top 10 that includes Oregon. He was recently in Eugene for uh, an unofficial visit for that Colorado game. So I think that's significant that he was recently in Eugene listed at six foot five, 217 pounds. Um, and he is one of the best playmakers that is still on board on the board, excuse me, uncommitted in the 2024 recruiting class. And kind of the reason I want to talk about him is because I just placed a recruiting prediction for Oregon to land Roger Saliapaga here in the 2024 recruiting class. And I think there's a lot of reasons why, and I'm going to get into a couple of those here as Sally Apaga makes a crazy one-handed grab. I want to go ahead and run that one back just because it was so, so nice. But here you see him on the outside uh, lined up and quickly makes contact with the DB and just one-handed just mosses the guy like crazy. Um, but for Sally Apaga, he's a name that's been closely linked to Oregon for a long time. Nice little hurdle there. Um, he comes from Orem High School, where the Ducks got Noah Sewell, uh, one of their better linebackers in recent years, five-star guy in the 2020 class. And Utah has been a state that Dan Lanning has prioritized, even in the short time that he has been at Oregon. You got Ben Roberts along the defensive line. Um, you also have, uh, well, Taki is from uh, the state of Utah as well, even though he came over from um, the University of Washington. And then you also have... Um, Oh my gosh, Tavita Pomei from the state of Utah. So they're usually prioritizing Utah in terms of their trench talent, but I don't really think that Roger Saliapaga falls under that that um, umbrella. Um, he is a, a relatively you know big guy, right? 6'5", 217, still kind of undersized for a tight end, but his ability as a pass catcher and ability to make plays, great block there. The ability to make plays after the catch, I think, is part of what really makes him special and part of what makes him a coveted guy for Oregon in the 2024 class. And then I know that I wasn't the first guy to make a prediction on Sally Apaga, but I knew this was 
based on the source I talked to, this was looking like an Auburn versus Oregon battle, Auburn versus Oregon battle in the recruiting process. But I feel like Oregon has really created some separation in this recruitment, especially after that last visit. You always have to track the visits and where these guys are going. I think that Oregon, I'm confident they're going to be able to win out in this recruiting battle. And um, we know that they have a lot of really strong ties to the city of Utah, strong ties to Sally Apaga, just as far as the relationship process goes, building those relationships with the, the members of the coaching staff. And we also have to talk about some of the movement that uh, Oregon's had in their 2024 class recently, right? Three-star Texas tight end, Jackson Ford from Melissa, Texas, just uh, decommitted from the Ducks earlier this week. Um, maybe that's indicative of uh, – a future move that could be on the way for Oregon. That's kind of just what I'm going to say for that. Um, Oregon does have one commitment at the tight end spot still in AJ Pugliano from North Medford, Oregon. And they would love to pair Roger Saliapaga with AJ Pugliano. And I think the tight end is really a, a big, important spot for Oregon and Drew Merringer in this class because Terrence Ferguson has been the best tight end at Oregon pretty much since he arrived. He made a really quick impact as a true freshman he came in with Lincoln Machaval, but he's out over at UCLA now. Kim McCormick is over at Miami. So Terrence Ferguson's been doing a good job, and Patrick Herbert had a great game against Washington, uh, hauling in a touchdown. The The future of the tight end spot is a little bit in flux right now. I think you have to prepare yourself if Terrence, for the event that Terrence Ferguson does try to go to the NFL draft. And Patrick Herbert's looking great. I don't think he is in the conversation as much as Terrence Ferguson when you're looking at that NFL draft conversation. But case in point, you have Ferguson, you have um, you have Patrick Herbert, Casey Kelly from Ole Miss, Caden Ludwig. We haven't really seen any of him this year. Um, so, And then you have Kenyon Sadiq, a young guy from the 2023 recruiting class that's played a little bit. So it's, it's still kind of a question mark, especially if you lose Ferguson. So I think that you need to put a, pr a premium on bringing in more offensive playmakers, and I think Drew Merringer is doing that by uh, prioritizing a guy like Roger Saliapaga here in the 2024 recruiting class. So um, no commitment date has been set for Roger Saliapaga, but it really does feel like more and more recruiting momentum continues to build for the Ducks with him in the 2024 recruiting class. So he is absolutely a name that you have to keep an eye on if you're watching what Oregon's doing here in the 2024 recruiting class. We got more after the break on who the Ducks are going after and another big name to monitor here and the 24 class. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
We're back on the Ducks Dish Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you're tuned in. A reminder, if you're watching on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, do me a favor, drop a quick thumbs up on the video and hit the subscribe button. We are chugging away on the road to 3K. That's my ambitious goal that I'm trying to set here. Maybe by the end of the season, who knows? But the next guy we got to talk about is a name you are very familiar with if you're an Oregon fan following recruiting 2024 Tucson, Arizona, South Point Catholic five-star edge rusher, Elijah Rushing. We got to talk about Elijah Rushing because since the last time I talked to you guys before the trip, really, um, Elijah Rushing has decommitted from the University of Arizona, from Jed Fish and the Wildcats, and Oregon has emerged as the clear front runner or the, at least the team to beat on the recruiting trail. I told you that when Elijah Rushing committed to Arizona initially, I didn't really think that his heart was in it. And I told you that Oregon was going to stay involved and keep working on Elijah Rushing, who is the best edge rusher on the West Coast out of the state of Arizona. And really, a guy that Dan Landing handpicked as one of his premier targets, premier priority guys, since he got the Oregon job. Uh, 6'6", 250 or so pounds, Elijah Rushing certainly has the makings of an elite pass rusher. You see his strength there, the hands, the, the bend, the athleticism. I think he just checks so many of those boxes for you. And then Blair Angulo of 247 Sports said that he doesn't expect Rushing to be uncommitted for much longer. I think that he probably is a guy that uh, is, is kind of finished with the recruiting process. You have a handful of other teams in addition to Oregon that were involved there. When he initially committed to Arizona, you have Oregon, Tennessee, Notre Dame. Florida was another one that was involved there. So I think that uh, – I think Tennessee, if I didn't already mention them. But Oregon – was the clear number two when he decommit when he committed originally. So when you decommit like that, with all the effort, all the visits that that happened to Oregon there, I think that it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty logical to view them as the clear front runners for Elijah Rushing. And I know how many times you guys like to talk about five stars, how huge of a priority that is for you guys. Now, now we're looking at a, a situation where Oregon could potentially add two five star defensive linemen call an edge rusher and an outside linebacker if you want, but when you're 6'6", 250, you're a defensive lineman in my book. So they could be in a position now where they might not have signed any five stars to potentially getting two five-star defensive linemen here in the 2024 recruiting class. If Elijah Rushing does indeed commit to Oregon, I have him uh, predicted to Oregon. Crazy deal there. I originally had him predicted to Oregon. Then I was getting intel that Arizona was going to be the pick, changed my prediction to Arizona. Then this happened, and now I just explained to you guys a little bit about why I think Oregon is the team to beat for five-star edge rusher Elijah Rushing. So that would obviously give Oregon a significant boost in the ratings and the rankings, and he is one of the biggest uncommitted defensive prospects in the country right now. So really just feels like a matter of time before he announces his college commitment. And I think that Oregon is in a tremendous spot to benefit there. Uh, you have Dan Landing, Tosh Lapoy. That was a huge, huge appeal for him when it comes to Oregon's recruitment there. Just having so many guys on the staff that are tailor-made for developing his position. Obviously, what Dan Landing was able to do at Georgia, uh, I think that you're encouraged by what he's done with Mateo Uyunglele in the short amount of time he's been at Oregon. Jordan Birch like he's, looks like he's doing a good job. Brandon Dorless has taken this game to another level. There's just so many reasons and examples of uh, what Oregon's been able to do with defensive guys and what Dan Lanning has been able to do with defensive guys during his career as a college coach. So 
love where Oregon stands for Elijah rushing. And he is a big reason of why I think Oregon has a chance to get back into and well, they haven't been in 2024 class, but he's a big reason. I think that they could ultimately end up signing a top five recruiting class, which is really that next step for Oregon as a program on the recruiting trail, signing a top five class, I think definitely improves your chances of being a team that can compete for a conference championship, being a team that can get back to the college football playoffs. We've talked about the blue chip ratio before. um, And I think that that's something that Oregon would take a big step in the right direction with if they can sign a guy and get a guy like Elijah rushing here in the 24 class. So just talked Breland, Roger Saliapaga and Elijah rushing. We got some more guys that we have to talk about here in the 2024 cycle that Oregon is very much in the running for. And now we're going to hop over to the offensive side of the ball. 2024 St. Louis, Missouri, Christian brothers, wide receiver, Jeremiah McClellan. He's a big name. And the thing that makes his recruitment unique, he's already committed to another school. Jeremiah McClellan committed to Ohio state earlier this earlier this summer, but Oregon has stayed involved with one of the premier pass catchers in the 2024 recruiting class. Jeremiah McClellan chose Ohio State over the Ducks and a couple of other finalists when he made his initial decision. But the recent development with him, he was on campus for that Colorado game, showed up as a little bit of a surprise visitor, unofficial visit coming out on his own dime um, for that Colorado game on an unofficial visit, which I think certainly shows that he has been receptive to Oregon's continued recruiting efforts, continued communication. And man, if you're Jeremiah McClellan, it's hard to not look at Oregon and see what they're doing with Troy Franklin. He's on pace to break some possible program or at least single season records. He is an absolute beast. Looks like he has all the makings of a first round wide receiver under Junior Adams. And that is certainly something that has a lot of appeal for wide receivers. Any position, really, when you can sell development and you can show development, which is certainly what Junior Adams can do with Troy Franklin, I think that drastically improves your chances. I think another reason you got to mention Jeremiah McClellan, based on some of the recent conversations I've had with people close to the Oregon program, it looks like multiple visits back to Eugene could be on the table for Jeremiah McClellan, multiple unofficial visits. I'm hearing one in November and maybe even in December. I think that it's looking like Oregon is the biggest threat to Ohio State by a country mile when it comes to schools that are still in the mix here. You got to figure that Missouri and Elijah Drinkowitz are also trying to do what they can with uh, the in-state product in McClellan. They're also serious contenders for Ryan Wingo, a five-star wide receiver out of Missouri. So I think that when you're looking at wide receivers that Oregon is still looking to add here in the 24 class, it really kind of starts and ends with Jeremiah McClellan. I think you also have to look at Roger Saliapaga, who I just mentioned, uh, if you want to include him in the wide receiver tight end category. Um, but I'm loving the work that Junior Adams is doing. He's been one of the best recruiters on Oregon staff since he was hired by Dan Lanning. And I think he has really um, just done a phenomenal job, I think, since Brian McClendon really set a seriously high standard for receiver recruiting during his tenure with the Ducks. I think that Junior Adams is in a spot to maybe even eclipse that with, with his work that he's done. Already has commitments from Jordan Anderson and Dylan Gresham out of Southern California, as well as Jack Ressler. So they're looking to add more playmakers. And I think that Jeremiah McClellan is heavily in the mix there. 
So you got to keep an eye on him and see where his visits are going. I think that we could see him pop up in Eugene sooner rather than later. Um, like I said, visits to his school are always incredibly significant. And I think that what Oregon is building is certainly something that has his attention. Don't have my prediction on Jeremiah McClellan. I need to do a little bit more digging, try to get a little bit more intel. But, um, man, it's not easy to flip a guy from uh, Ohio State, especially difficult to flip a guy from Ohio State if he's a receiver um, that is kind of from around that area. But Oregon's doing everything they can with Jeremiah McClellan in the 2024 class. Next guy we're talking about, I think he's worth a little bit of a mention. I already talked about him quite a bit. I haven't predicted to Oregon. 2024 Seattle, Washington, O'Day running back Jason Brown Jr. I think that we have a little bit of an interesting development with Jason Brown Jr. I did say I have him committed to Oregon. I'm not changing my pick. But since I made that pick to Oregon, uh, we did have a big development on Oregon's roster. That's Noah Whittington suffering a season-ending injury. Um, and I think that it looks like people are kind of reasoning that uh, it could be very possible that Noah Whittington comes back for another year with the Ducks. I think if he applies for a medical waiver, um, he already had an additional year, uh, but he only played four games, so he could have even two years of eligibility remaining. And I think that might cloud the situation a little bit with Jason Brown Jr., just in terms of the, the sheer talent that he would be competing with at the University of Oregon, as far as the running backs go, if Noah Whittington's back, you also have Jordan James, Jaden Lamar, Dante Dowdell, uh, all those guys. Dejon Riggs is also committed already in the 2024 recruiting class. So Jason Brown is a, is a really, really good talent. Um, I think part of it just might come down to uh, how the competition shakes out and where he maybe sees himself falling in that running back room. Um, and I think that uh, something like this, along with uh, Jericho Johnson, right? Jericho Johnson is another talented defensive lineman that I have predicted to Oregon. But when I made that prediction, I didn't think that Oregon was going to get Aiden Breland. Now they're looking at a situation where you might get both. I think that is phenomenal. That is exactly where you want to be if you're this Oregon staff. But it's also going to kind of present a unique test for Oregon and a unique test for Oregon's culture from a recruiting standpoint because – We've always said good players want to play with good players. I think that's incredibly true, especially in today's age of college football. But the reality of the situation is I'm not saying this is the situation with Jason Brown. I'm not saying this is the situation with Jericho Johnson. There comes a point where you're a recruit still looking for a home and maybe you waited too long and you have a position group that is loaded, absolutely loaded. And maybe you just see, uh, um, uh, you don't see as clear of a path to playing time. And um, that's super important for a lot of guys. So uh, again, I'm not saying that's the case with either of these guys, but it's at least worth a mention in this conversation because I didn't think that Oregon's recruiting class was necessarily going to be in this position, but the Breland commitment really kind of changes things. And then I also think that um, no, Whittington's injury maybe changes things for the running back position and kind of what's projected there, what's going to happen there. Um, I think another thing that's worth mentioning, um, that was kind of just the quick note I had on Jason Brown. I still haven't predicted to Oregon. No new updates there as far as a commitment timeline goes. But when you're talking about Jericho Johnson and the defensive line group at Oregon, Oregon, if they can get Aiden Breland, they got Aiden Breland, if they can also get Jericho Johnson, I mean, that is the cherry on top and then some. 
Um, I think that they could easily have one of the very best defensive line hauls, if not the best defensive line haul in the country for 2024 in the event that that happens. If you also have rushing and Johnson, I mean, that is just a phenomenal haul. And I think it maybe isn't even that unlikely because look at all the guys that Oregon's going to be losing along the defensive line in 2024. Popo Amavai, gone. Brandon Dorless, gone. Casey Rogers, gone. Um, we'll have to see what's up with um, with uh, Jordan Birch. There, there's so many guys that are leaving that I think maybe you can sell playing time a little bit more on the defensive line than you can at the running back spot. So I think that's a really important caveat that you have to look at when you're trying to kind of evaluate what Oregon can really do in the 2024 class and what that ceiling is looking like. And then one more point I just want to make to drive home kind of what's going on here. I used the 247 Sports uh, class calculator to add some of these guys that I talked about here to Oregon's 2024 recruiting class just to kind of see what would the projected team score look like and how would that affect the rankings. So I added Elijah rushing in. I have him predicted to Oregon. I added Jeremiah McClellan in. I haven't predicted him to Oregon, but I talked about why I think there's a good reason he could end up a duck. I added Jericho Johnson in. I just talked about him. And I added Jason Brown Jr. in. I think that's the last guy. Um, and I also added Roger Saliapaga in. All of these guys that I've talked about here that I think Oregon has a very realistic shot in adding. And it gives you a 286.28 projected team score, 28 total commitments. And 286 right now, 286 would be good for the number three recruiting class in the entire country. And I think that just drives home the point. It's doable. It is absolutely doable. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not calling it. I just want to show you that that is absolutely possible. And I think it's super notable when you look at what Dan Lanning has done to not even turn the program around. I don't think that's the right thing to say because they weren't doing bad when he got hired. Dan Lanning has rapidly accelerated the development of Oregon and the roster turnover has obviously had a really good impact on what they've been able to do on the field. Um, I think say what you will about the Washington game. A lot of people are criticizing Dan Lanning for his fourth down play calls. A lot of people are criticizing him because he's lost to, <coughs> excuse me, because he's lost to Washington twice and Oregon state once in his uh, two seasons so far with the ducks. But I think that with recruiting and with the grand scheme of things, people tend to get, to get too emotional with one game. I think especially when you're looking at Jericho Johnson as a guy that Oregon's recruiting, he was in Washington, in Seattle for that Washington game. I said yesterday on the pod that I think Washington is the biggest threat to Jericho John, to Oregon for Jericho Johnson. I don't think one game like that necessarily moves the needle rapidly in Washington's direction, but does it help them? Absolutely. I'd be a fool to tell you that I don't think that that win over Oregon helps Washington and their recruiting efforts with Jericho Johnson. But I think recruits aren't as emotional as fans are when it comes to evaluating and weighing the impact of one game, of one win, of one loss. But it's obviously a notable um, discussion point without a doubt. So I hope that I cleared things up a little bit for you guys and just did a good job of illustrating my point. A top five class is very much a realistic possibility and very much on the table for Oregon. Now that Aiden Breland has committed, now that Elijah rushing is trending towards Oregon um, and, and some of these other guys that they're looking to add, maybe you're, you're still working on flipping a guy like Jeremiah McClellan. 
if you do things like that, I think you're really going to take a big step in the right direction in terms of being a top five class in the country for 2024 when all is said and done. That'll do it for me, you guys, on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Important to lock in with me on all social media networks. I'm at mtorresports on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Oregon Football Max Torres on YouTube. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell because I come at you guys five days a week and you never want to miss an episode. Share the Ducks Dish Podcast. That is the best way you can show your support. Share it with Duck fans, your friends, and your family. Really appreciate your guys' support. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.